Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live, radio contact. week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm at Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show this week. As ever, we have Paul White. Hi, right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your, how's your week been, mate? I um, can't remember now. Yeah, it's been all right. <laughs> it's not been too bad. It's been a long week, really, uh, since the uh, since the Wigan game on Monday. But yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Just finished work. It's good today. It's an unusual day for us to record the podcast, isn't it, Friday? So uh, I've just finished and I've got weekend off now. So I'm looking forward to my trip to, to London tomorrow, mate, and um, expecting a, a tough fixture down there against the Broncos. Yeah, away from the rugby, you've got a big announcement regarding your boxing career, is that correct? Uh, well, not not yet. Uh, I th- well, I think so, yeah. I think I'm going to be fighting again on the 24th of May at the AJ Bell Stadium, so I'm looking forward to that. spoke to Reese Archer today, the lad who organises the charity boxing and things like that, so uh, I'll, I'll probably find out a bit more in the next couple of weeks, and if there's any tickets going, I think it's all for a kid's cancer again, so I'll, I'll keep everybody informed, but it's looking like the 24th of May. Yeah, I've got some big news away from rugby as well. My wife's vintage tea room, Molly Gray's vintage tea, has been uh, nominated for Family Cafe of the Year in the Raring to Go Awards, which is oh, quite cool. amazing, really. The, uh, the amount of effort she puts in. Um, so, obviously, if anyone wants to vote for it, um, just go to https. slash slash raringtogo.co.uk slash survey slash nine Molly Gray's Vintage Tea uh, and do me a favour and let's hope, hope we get her over the line. Paul, yeah, nice. sounds good, that, mate. Yeah, we, we visited you a few times when you had your, um, your pop up cafe didn't we and um, yeah it's really good my kids enjoyed the, the cakes and, and what have you so we'll have to get down and see you when we, when we get a spare minute because it's been a bit hectic recently in uh, the white side household but I'm sure we'll we'll see you over the summer mate definitely yeah so anyway back to rugby chat Paul um, we've got loads on the show this week we're obviously going to review the, the Wigan game uh, we've got all the news coming out of Oprah Devils this week uh, we've got your amateur report we've got Ian Watson's interview um, from the Wigan game and then we're going to preview uh, the London game tomorrow. Uh, so lots to lots to go at. Certainly is, mate. Certainly is, definitely. Um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a busy week, really, hasn't it? And, uh, especially with the Easter period. And uh, yeah, the, the the Wigan game was a bit of a, a funny old game, wasn't it? Um, I'm sure we'll we'll speak about that one later. But yeah, a disappointing afternoon. Yeah. So what we'll do, we'll start with the defeat against Wigan on Bank Holiday Monday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Wigan Warriors on Bank Holiday Monday. Ended Salford 26, Wigan 30, Paul. Frustrating uh, frustrating afternoon for Salford Red Devils. Um, Lots of chances. Didn't quite take them. A kind of game which we should really win if we want to, you know, progress to that next level. Yeah, I thought we took took our chances, Rob. I think it was the, the, um, the, what we gave to Wigan, really, 
the mistakes and individual errors. Um, if you go back to the, the first half, you know, Kristen Inu kicking the ball out on the full twice, um, you know, two kickoffs running. I think they scored 14 unanswered points there, Wigan, from that. And then obviously in the second half, you've got Darrell Alperts who knocks on coming out of yardage. Wigan scored from that. And then Nia Levels at the end there, um, letting that ball bounce where he should have took it on the full. And then George Williams pinches it off him and, and then Wigan move the ball and score again. So, and yeah, I thought we I thought we did well. We we come back well in the game and, and got back in front. But then obviously the, the daft errors cost us the game. And looking back at the match, I thought we put a huge amount of effort into that game. And that's what was so frustrating at the end of the game because I've not been upset at a game like like that once for a long time. I come out of that and I was I was sulking when I got home. I was really mad. And because I knew we'd, we'd missed a, a really good opportunity, but we tried really hard. The players had put everything into it, and then stupid mistakes had, had cost them, and that's the frustrating thing. And I was talking to somebody on um, on Tuesday, and he said a quote to me, this gentleman, and he said, um, "You know, I just hope this season doesn't turn out to be a season of what could have been." And really, when you think about it, there's the danger of that happening at the moment. You know, we've won one game at home all season, and we've chucked. We chucked the whole game away. We, we should have beat Wigan twice, really, with a bit more steadier play. Um, perhaps we should have won at Castle, but we weren't a million miles away there. So these little sort of errors that are costing us in games now, and we're sort of losing matches by by a scorer, so we need to put right. Yeah, I'm just glad me. I'm just glad my disco mic failed uh, for our after match chat because you were sulking, I was fuming. <laughs> so it was a it was a bit of a weird one. Uh, but like, like you said, it's it's the problems I think is. Pressure moments in games, we aren't able to deal with, with, with what goes on. Three examples I've got. Obviously, you talk about uh, the the, Eb- the Ebbles kick. Before that, though, I think it was the was it the Adam Walker try? Or it may have been the uh, the Nia Levels try. Wigan kicked off, right? The, bo- the ball kind of bounced in our, in our kind of 20. And nobody in that zone took any responsibility to catch that ball. Look at the draw. The ball just bounced straight back to where it came from. And Neville's picked it up and ran it ran it back. The second example I've got is after the, uh, I think it was the Walker try. Wigan kicked short straight on top of um, George Griffin's head, right? And obviously, he's, built, he's not built to take bombs, is he? So he, he didn't want to catch it, right? Luckily for us, right, Christian Inu, our new signing, came up with a massive play and caught the ball. Right to stop, obviously, you know Wigan, you know re retaking it, and it's little things like that are, are gonna hopefully, you know, improve our club. That Inu saw the danger, saw saw the saw the pressure moment and reacted. Because a lot of times, I think we, we've Salford Paul it, it becomes a problem because we become reactive in situations rather than proactive. Just like the last try, the Jack, the um, the Hardacre try, the bomb goes up. Uh, higher levels is too far back to catch it. George Griffin doesn't want to catch it, right? So both players are waiting for something to happen, right? Will, will the Wigan player, I think it's Williams, kind of is the proactive person in there because he's going for the ball, right? So then obviously the ball bounces. The ball makes the decision for Evels and Griffin because obviously it bounces straight back up in the air. Evels is, is obviously stood because he's not because he's waiting for the bounce, yeah. Williams has the momentum, so he has the jump on him, like Maradona had the jump on Peter Shelton in '86. So that's why he gets the ball back. Okay, it's little moments like that where if somebody takes a, takes a responsibility and kills the play, we win the game. And I don't know how you kind of you kind of you know learn that or, or practice that in in, in training. And, it, and it's it's kind of a thing that Ian Watson has to think about because obviously it happens a lot. And even more in that move later on in the move, the ball goes wide on it and. 
Jackson Aiton calls Edwards to and Edwards, uh, Olfers to go stay on the wing, right? And that's the only point in that sort of twenty second period, maybe fifteen second period, that anybody takes any responsibility on what's going on. Yeah, Jackson Aiton missed the tackle, which is which is fine, but at least he tried, and at least he was he was taking responsibility in that in that moment because obviously if he tackles Hardacre there, Salford would win the game for me. But unfortunately, he missed it and he goes over for a try Hardacre. But it's just little moments like that in games. I'm sure we can go through the games that we've narrowly, narrowly been defeated and go through little moments that you think, if we were just proactive in that situation and trying to solve the problem rather than the problem trying to solve, solve itself, we'd win the game. And I don't know how Ian Watson kind of fixes that with the players. Because obviously we, in training, Paul, there isn't, there isn't that kind of pressure, is there, in, no, on, the no. training, you know, on the training paddock than there is when you've got whatever, 4,000 people screaming at you to catch it. So I'm not quite sure how, how, how they fix that, whether it's like a, a sports psychologist or some kind of, you know, what, we don't know what the currency is in the, in, 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 the, uh, in the squad, whether it's days off or whether it's, you know, Jaffa cakes or whatever, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't know what, the, we don't know what the currency is. But it, need, it needs to be the cat, something, to, you know, to add that little bit of pressure. So when you're training, you have that extra, don't you? So when you're in game situations, you're, you're used to playing in that environment. So when the pressure situation appears, you can deal with it. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about. We seem to be, be making these errors week in, week out. I mean, if you go back to that Castleford game, that, that crazy pass in front of the um, in front of our own try line, which Castleford scored from, they're six points. And, and going back to the, the Wigan game at the weekend, kicking the ball out on the full from the kickoff, but not, not just doing it once. Doing it twice in like five minutes from two kickoffs, Wigan scored. Then they, they scored back to back point, back to back points from from silly the, the silly kickoff. So, you know that that to me is a, a big thing. That you know that those are poor mistakes to to um, to concede. I mean, I know Chris and Anu in the second half he did a nice shot kickoff, and we we uh, we gained some momentum from that. So whether he learnt his lesson there, but the, the knock ons, I think the old perch one, you've got to stick hold of the ball up. You return the ball. What annoyed me from that set, we'd limited Wigan. Um, to a really, really good defensive set. I mean, they kicked the ball um, from. I think we kept them in their own half on that set, and they'd done a kick. Olpitz has caught it. He's come charging back. You know, he probably would have got tackled on the halfway line, and we've got a set there to win the game. And he spills the ball in the tackle. And I, I like Darrell. I think he's done really well this season. He was great again on um, on Monday. Mate, his ball returning, the amount of yards he's making is fantastic. But he's just prone to the odd mistake and. Nine times out of ten, these mistakes costing us because teams are scoring tries from them, and you know you're paying the price. So if we can cut them daft errors out, you know we're a match for anybody. But like you said, we don't want this season to be a season of what might have been just you know down to silly errors really, because you know the players aren't getting the rewards for what they're putting in. You know they're great win against against Warrington on uh, on Good Friday, and really we should have had that win against Wigan. It'd have been a fantastic Easter. But if you'd have said to me before Easter, we'll get two points from the two games. I probably would have took that. But um, just the manner of the, the defeat on on Monday that upset me really because I, I thought it was a it was a game we had in the bag and uh, and uh, we, we threw it away. Well, we, we did throw it away, Paul. But you've got to learn, aren't you, from that? And that and that's the important thing now. Do can the players, you know, figure that can figure that out and think right. Last time in the situation, you know, we, we didn't it didn't quite work for us. We go again. If it happens again, let's react differently this time. Because that because that's what it is, and we don't know, do we? You know, on on the field, it, it's all a bit. You know, you get the fog. They get the fog, don't they? On, on the field, it, you know, some players 
just don't there's not any clinical thinking it just it just react don't they half the time to, to stuff and it it's just the kind of like when when you're playing big games i suppose big clubs you know they get used to playing in you know semi-finals finals quarterfinals and, and they get used to that pressure cooker atmosphere don't they so but when but when in games like like us it's it's, it's two minute moments it's, it's it's you know 30 seconds where somebody has, has to make a decision to to, to, to to kill it you know to, to win the game and sometimes we just struggle with that and I'm, like I said before you're hoping you know the players can figure it out Ian Watson can figure it out and Ian Watson does say you know it, it's all you know individualism and, and he, he is right in, in a way um, but you've got to iron them out and I'm sure because obviously the players are good you know they are a better quality of player than we, we've had for a long time as a squad aren't they Paul so you know there's enough quality in that squad to, to, to you know bump us you know up the league more than we've we've been in, in you know over the last few years, and it's just I think it's just a matter of working under under pressure. As soon as you fix that, you know this club can go. Yeah, I think you're spot on there, mate. I think I think it is the it definitely is the errors. I think errors have cost us on a number of occasions this season, particularly in the two two Wigan games. I think, and you probably had the Hull and Castlewood game into that as well. So uh, there's eight points really. What we are now, we're on ten now, so he's probably been sat top of the table. So, yeah, I think this weekend now is a pivotal game against London. We've got to make sure we get the result on uh, on on Saturday, and uh, you know that stands in good stead, twelve points. So, um, so yeah, let's hope we can iron the errors out and, and get the result this week. Yeah, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, and this is what I have to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. Is it frustration today? Because that was a game we seem to give Wigan points, kicking out on the twice, and yeah. errors as well, individual errors. Yeah, we're known as a load of disappointed people, and obviously in the change room at the moment, we just felt like we made quite a few errors at the beginning of the game and kind of give them the impetus, and then we got ourselves back into position to win the game. And then a couple of errors again cost us at the back end, but they're individual errors, and there wasn't a lack of effort out there. Um, it was loads of effort. It was just silly little, probably dumb plays, really. Losing Gil Dudson earlier, I don't think it helped the cause. But were you expecting that from Wigan, that physicality? Because yeah. they came out all guns blazing, didn't they? Yeah, because they, I mean, they played they play against Saints. I know they got beat against Saints, but Saints are one of the best teams in the comp at the moment, and they're physical enough as well. And Wigan are always a physical team, so you know what Wigan are going to come with. They're going to come and try and be physical and knock you off the game. But to be fair, I thought we rode that. Um, obviously, after the errors, I thought we were just giving them field position, really. To be fair, and then. They scored once we got back to it and started playing at, at the way we play. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a problem for us. It was little errors that cost us at the back end. Goal kicking again though seems good. Yeah. You seem to have found your, your kicker now in, in Christian. When Ed Chamberlain does come back, will Christian be the kicker? Oh yeah, yeah, he will. Yeah. He's been he's been spotted. It was five out of yeah. five again today. Have we picked up any knocks today? Robert Louis didn't play today. Was that? Yeah, no. Did he pick a niggle yeah. up on Friday? Yeah, Rob? he did. Yeah. Um, he had a really tight hamstring. So and. Historically, we've lost Robbie a couple of times before to like tight calves or tight hamstrings for longer periods. So it wasn't worth the risk today to put him out there. Although you're tempted to put him out because you want to keep the momentum of the side going once you've had the win against Warrington. And Robbie gives us a little bit of an extra edge in our attack. Um, and he's a bigger body defensively as well. But yeah, no, it, it, yeah, we can't put him out there, mate. To be fair, it'd be stupid of us to put him out there. You've got to think a little bit of the longer term. We've got to big month coming up here we've got London Leeds KR in the Challenge Cup I think after that we've got um, Saints and then KR again as well so it's a 
a big next few um, games for us. Apart from the individual errors today, can I say that? Um, the effort, as you said, was there, and you could probably single out again most of the players on the side playing really well. There wasn't any anybody who had an, an off day really, was there? Yeah, no, the effort was was fantastic. Yeah, as as a, as a little kind of dumb errors, um, kind of rugby educated mm. kind of errors really with some young lads understanding what to do in certain periods of the time when you've got the lead at the front like that you, you can kind of complete your sets and drill the ball into touch and run the clock down a little bit and play the clock and like I say our defence we put the kicks in we put some kicks in the corner defended very well on the back end of it and then to come up with the error on kind of the Darrell carry and then um, the one where it bounces and then Nile goes up and George Williams gets it from there that just little errors that have kind of cost us. What are you today, thinking as a coach at that time when we can go for that try? The amount of effort you're putting over this Easter period, it must be heartbreaking. Yeah, for no, it is. It's, it's dead disappointing. Like I say, we've put a lot of effort in in both games as well, and then to not get the rewards as well. But we we probably didn't deserve it on the back end of the the errors that we made. Really, um, if you look at the start of the game, kick out two or three times on the full straight away at the beginning. Um, we knocked on first kick off and all Gil got injured on that. We knocked, we knocked on in good balls straight away as well. So we can't say we're, we're inflicting it on, on ourselves at the moment. Do you think composure again today and, and that sort of game management led, led us astray a bit really today? First half was a bit all over the place. Second half I thought it was miles better. We were playing like um, we spoke about, kept it dead simple. Um, went back to just playing a, a, a simple game plan and we started getting the rewards on that and we started um, cutting up through Wigan quite easily on the back of that but like I say again last tackle last tackle um, tackle five um, decisions and errors have cost us how do you approach that London game now going forward for next Saturday is, is the players going to be um, coming back to that game are, are you going to be missing players or have we come through yeah well, obviously or? Gil might miss now obviously he's had that head knock from there so we'll have to see we've got um, Moose running at the moment um, Ken Seo's back running, but they'll be touching more whether Kenny won't be ready. Kenny won't be ready. Um, Greg Johnson ran this week. Mm, I don't think anybody else, mate. I think it's just them three at this moment in time, to be fair. But like I say, um, the one more likely out of them will probably be Moose, really. But fingers crossed it will be. Hopefully, hopefully. Thanks very much for yeah. speaking to us again today, and I'll see you next week, mate. No, Thank you. So, Paul, that was Ian Watson talking to yourself after the game and like we said before frustrated you know with, with the with the errors but you know proud of the boys effort obviously the second game in that Easter period takes a lot of players doesn't it and you know yeah. just gave everything they had uh, but like I said before it's that 2% that makes the difference between winning and losing yeah yeah I, I think that's probably one of the worst interviews I've done with what, what so um, I, I apologise for that I was a bit um in the moment from the game, really, and I was still shaking when I did it. And uh, you know, you're a supporter, aren't you? And you know, I was really upset about the way the game went, and it was a it was a tough defeat. So it, my mind probably wasn't on the interview really. And what I was very honest, he, you could see he was really frustrated from it as well. And um, I just hope when we have a chat this Saturday, it's um, it's in better circumstances really, because that that what I don't know, heartbreaking is probably the wrong word, but it really was a it was a tough one to take that, you know, you're playing against the champions then, you played them twice and you've come up short really twice, but you put all that effort in as well. You feel for the players, don't you? And I felt really sorry for the players on, on, on Monday. I thought they deserve, I thought we deserved something from that game. Yeah. We've not spoke about the controversial side of the game. And I know I was reading social media and a lot of people were blaming the referee for this and blame referee for that. And I don't like blaming the referee, but there was one or two 
consensus decisions, I thought, in that game. And I don't know, you can look at it both ways, can't you? And say, oh, 50-50 here and there. But I thought the decision in the from the first tackle of the game... I no. thought that was an high tackle that on, on Gil Dudson. Um, I've not I've not seen the replay, but he must have been pretty high because he's gone off with a head injury and he's not going to play this week. So I thought that was a that was a tough call on us. And there was one or two other bits and pieces, but it was just a frustrating day, really, Rob. But you know, credit to the players. We're we competing with the, with the champions there, Wigan. You know, I know they said they've got injuries and have you, but they still had a very good side out there on uh, on Monday against us with some world class international players. And for for sort of eighty minutes, we matched them really. Okay, yeah, we can talk about the controversial uh, moments, Paul. That that's fine with me. I've seen the the, the, the Dudson one. For me, it was a, it was a it was a hard shot, more like a shoulder charge. But when the three players, Wigan players, sort of attacking uh, Dudson, it, the shoulder charge isn't sort of easily spotted for me. But that that's why it's probably probably fifty fifty whether the referee sees that. Was it a shoulder charge then? <laughs> well, that's, you know, I've only seen it a couple of times. In the, I've not seen in, it. You see, so yeah. I don't know. I think the one in the middle kind of shoulder charges him. He kind of turns his body into him. So I'm, I'm, I'm you know, if you if I was, you know, looking at it again, and I had to make the decision, you probably I would have said it was a shoulder charge. But yeah. the referee is is whatever. He's probably 15 yards, maybe 10 yards away. He's got lots. You know, the adrenaline's going. You've got three Wigan players converging on uh, Gil Dudson. It's probably a big spot for the referee to. To, to, to figure out who, who, who nits in first that's for yeah, me I, sp- I suppose it's difficult when the game's not on telly as well if the yeah. game had been on telly you've got the, the benefit of, of, yeah. a, of action video replay whatever haven't you so yeah what was the other decision I, I heard about the Joe Greenwood try was it people saying he knocked it on I couldn't tell I watched it on the Super League show and it at first I thought oh it looks a bit like a double movement but you can't really tell whether he's bounced the ball or not and obviously there was the Daniel Murray uh, disallowed try where he said he knocked it on over the line so yeah. as you didn't go judge there so you you would have thought the referee was Johnny on the spot and he got that decision right so you know he's it, 50-50 and he can moan about referees and and what have you and I didn't think he had his best game Ben Fahler for both sides I didn't think he let the game flow at all and he, he normally does Ben and there was an awful lot of penalties weren't there and it, it was a fantastic game it was a great prospect on Monday it really was a cracking game to watch end to end stuff I just thought he didn't let the game flow he kept penalising both sides and he didn't he wasn't um, wasn't the cleanest sort of game was it you know in, in round the rook there there was a lot of lying on and you know Wigan, Wigan are that sort of team they're very physical aren't they and they'll try and hold on as long as they can I mean that's credit to them I mean, they try and gain an advantage don't they but I thought he should have stamped that out earlier on in the game and let the game flow a bit more but, but no it was only the Gil Dudson one I was thinking was a bit of an eye shot, but like you say, benefit of the doubt, there was no replay there and it all happens fast, doesn't it? I mean, I couldn't tell whether it was high or not because I just saw it in a split second when I was watching the game from the stand. So, you know, referee sees it the same as us, doesn't he? He's only, he hasn't got a replay to look at. So it's one of them, I suppose. Yeah. Our, our mate Gaz Lyons took a picture of the Greenwood uh, knock-on. If, if you kind of zoom in on his hand, because obviously he's, he's taking it with a with a, a high, digi, high D, you know, high um, density camera for me finger fingertip control because his third finger's on the ball for me I know it's I know it's a millisecond and your referee has to spot that but we, we've seen tries given for less haven't we how can referee spot that though in real time yeah. no chance absolutely yeah. no chance it's a try isn't it so yeah. no so, I, I thought it was a try I mean the, the first thing I I thought it was perhaps a double movement but no I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Greenwood try I think 
if, if anything, it was poor defence from us to let him reach out and score. We should have stopped him early. And we knew about his threat from the game a month ago when we played played with him. So um, I think that's that that was our fault really. So so yeah, looking back at the you can you get sort of caught up in the moment, don't you? And I don't like to blame referees anyway, but. Um, but no, that's if you cleared them up there, Rob. I think no, we got the, the Dan Murray one. He, he, he switches hands while he tries to put the ball down, which is you know a, a risk in it, I suppose. When you when yeah. you try to put the ball over the line, so that's a fifty-fifty call without without you know seeing the video whether it was ripped out or whether. It was. Shame for Dan Murray as well because he would have scored two tries two weeks <laughs> running there as well. That'd have been uh, that'd have been something. And then the final one was the uh, the bomb where uh, the Wigan. Winger catches it and the, the judge. Yes, this walks. is the one I wanted to speak to him about. Yeah. Right. Well, then what's your what's your view in it? Because I haven't seen it. I've only seen a, a still of it on 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 Twitter. And I thought at the time because I was sat in the west stand at that end of the west stand, and right. I thought he hit the floor before they tackled him. I thought right. it was a really harsh decision. There's a couple. There was a couple of those in the game that we got penalised for, and that particular one, I think they got done for a tackle in the air. And I thought they, he hit the floor before they tackled him. I thought that was a poor decision. But, he, he, like, again, it all happened so fast, doesn't it? He's, referee's got to make a call, hasn't he? And I understand that refereeing is a really hard job. And I think they get a lot of stick sometimes, a lot of uncalled for stick. And it, you're on the field, you've got to make a decision. You, know, you can't look at replays and all that. I mean, it, it must be difficult, Rob. Yeah, I haven't seen... I haven't, I've only seen the still on Twitter. I'd love to see the film, right? But for me... Obviously, Walker's close enough not to tackle it, you know, to tackle him, right? Unfortunately, you kind of need the next frame on to see what what the the catcher does does with his legs, because if he raises his legs as he as he as he lands to protect himself from the from the people who are running towards him, right? Then I could see why the referee penalises Walker for tackling him in the air, because he'd be in the air longer. To give Walker more time to tackle him, yeah. but he doesn't raise his legs, and he just lands, just touches down, and then Walker takes him takes him out. Then that that would be that wouldn't be that would be a no penalty. But the way the the way the picture is, it's the next frame. You know, all these like professional photographers, they have like two and three, don't they? Frames. I'd love to see what the next frame was. I know it's just I think this isn't obviously the, the person who took the picture isn't you know, it's just a it's just a picture in from the crowd I think it's not um, you know yeah. you know a professional but it's just I'd love to see the next one you know or, or the one after just to see what happens with the with, yeah. with the catch I think the um, I think the moral to this story is uh, we've got some fantastic photographers at all but if you look <laughs> at some of the pictures yeah. they seem to capture the the moment don't they really yeah. I I saw some of them on, on I think it was on Twitter or Facebook and um, yeah they were like how they get them photos I mean. Amazing, really amazing work. So, uh, so yeah, but um, but yeah, I think you got to take the rough with this mood there. I think hopefully we'll get some decisions against uh, against London this this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I think we've played that up. Um, I won't. I don't think you can make a decision on us still. And I, I no, was here enough not to see. But if you're saying to me that you think he he tackled him as he landed, then we'll have to go with that. Yeah, maybe. We should oh. chip paper now, mate. And at the end of the day, exhausted <laughs> now, isn't it? But it's little things like because you can see the penalty there, yeah. And you can clear the lines, don't they? And the pressure yeah. is diffused. If, if obviously they don't get the penalty there, Salford have pinned them in, and then it's it's better of not you know not crumbling, not going off your line too quick, and and yeah. seeding a silly penalty. Cause it's little things, it's little moments like that that that, that make a big difference, don't they? 
And, Do you know what the penalty, penalty count was on uh, on Monday, Rob? Because I've not I've not got a paper since because League Express come out on the Monday morning, right. so I've not seen the penalty count. But I thought it would be really high because there were lots of penalties in the game. Wasn't there? I mean, we got quite a few penalties as well, didn't we? Right, three, four, five, six. Oh, have you wrote them down? No, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen for Salford. So Salford conceded thirteen penalties. Right. That's a lot. Yeah, Wigan conceded one, three, five, six, seven, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve. Thirteen to twelve, so that's 13, twenty-five 12. penalties in the game. That's what that's what I'm reading on the on the official Super League. That's ridiculous, and they shouldn't be that many penalties in a game. It's uh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I say I suppose you think it was that indiscipline though. But, but, but would it would the, are the penalties because players are tired? Obviously Possibly. I was just going to say that. Yeah, you've had a big game on, on Friday. Perhaps players were lying on a bit longer in the tackle and, and things like that. A bit of fatigue set in there. So perhaps that's why the penalty count was. It'd be interesting to see the penalties from all the games on Easter Monday, what the counts were compared to Friday, whether they were anymore. That's a bit of science for uh, anybody who wants to be bothered to do that. That, that, that bore everyone to tears, me flicking through all <laughs> Yeah, move on. <laughs> well, we, just <laughs> we digress, as you said. Yeah, we digress a little bit. But it, it's, it's a pattern, I think. Obviously, high penalty counts, like players are tired. But they gave, they gave everything, and I don't think you can you, you can fault the effort. Um, obviously, looking at the, the, the stats, top tacklers, uh, Murray with 33, Burke with 25, Griffin with 36, Wood with 25. Forwards, you know, working hard there. Going through the tackles, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, the forwards muscle up against a big Wigan pack, and they gave as good as they got. You've got to muscle up against Wigan. I think Wigan are one, probably the most physical side in the league, and they play it very close to the knuckle, Wigan, I thought, as well on Monday. I'm not having a go at them, but they are physical, and they, they, they came to Salford and tried to knock us off our game, I thought, and they did it from minute one, didn't they, with that shot on Gil Dudson, whether it was legal or not, we, that, we could argue that till the cows come on, but they um, they were very physical. Um, they, they tried to, to rough us up, and I thought we stood up and against them eventually. I think it took us a while to, to adapt to the, to the game, um, but they were, they were very professional as well. They kept going. And they were desperate for that. Those two points, I thought, were good. You could you could tell they they were absolutely desperate for that win. And you know, listening when I was down in the tunnel waiting to speak to Watto, they had the the tunes playing in the dressing room. They were celebrating, and you know, I think that's respect to solve with that. They, they they felt like they'd got a really good result there. And I know they were very pleased a few weeks ago when they beat us. So, in a way, that's respect to us that teams are you know don't take us lightly anymore. You know, it's, it's a big win for, for teams when they come to Salford and, and get the result. But, but no, it was a physical game, and and, and we had to stand up there. And, and likes to Daniel Murray again. Daniel, I've got a lot of time for. I think he's he's getting better and better every week. I think he's been fantastic over each. I thought he was brilliant against Warrington. And I thought he was excellent against uh, against Wigan. As was Adam Adam Walker. I thought that's probably his best game for Salford so far. He was definitely my man of the match on uh, on Monday. I thought he was fantastic. He was like a freight train when he went over for that try. He absolutely smashed his way over to the line. There's no stopping him there. And, you know, he's going to get better and better. I think. And um, you know, we've we've got a really good player there, Adam. Yeah, obviously, you know, looking. Uh, the meter makers, I always say, a good in- indication part of how well we've we are we've played is the amount of players that get over a hundred meters in a game, and yep. you know we, we had lots we had lots today. Um, we had Jones 110, Walker 103, Burke with 95. I gave him that because he was only five meters short. Uh, McCarthy 117, Hastings 151, Olverts with 138, 
Murray with 81. Uh, Burke with 95. Gave him that one because he was near. Bibby with 97. Ebbles with 95. So that's three, what is it, six, nine, ten players? Yeah. Yep. Nine, ten players in and around 100 metres. Yeah, it's great effort. Fantastic effort. Yeah. Yeah. As I said before, Darrell Alpert's, if he could just cut those silly mistakes out of his game, because he is prone to to knock-ons and, you know, his handling's poor sometimes. And every time he takes the ball, my heart's in my mouth because it's the way he carries the ball. I'm always a bit nervous about him, but the way he takes the ball in, the amount of yards he makes, you can't question that at all. He's a fantastic metre maker. And dangerous, and he broke through a few times on uh, on Monday, and I think teams are finding him difficult to deal with. And you know, Hastings as well made a lot of yards, made a few breaks. Nia Levels as well, support play was fantastic again. So um, yeah, it was it was a massive effort, and we deserved something out of that game. I thought I, I thought we was the better side against Wigan. I really did, and I just think they were a bit more clinical when it when it counted. Yeah, the interesting point now is Paul is that that's a standard. If you want to be a top four side. You need you need five, six, seven, eight players over 100 metres. Done it against Wigan on Bank Holiday Monday. Let's go and do it against London. Let's go and do it in the next game. Let's go and do it again. I know it's difficult. Obviously, game different games have different you know scenarios, don't they? But it shows they can do it, and it shows there's enough umph and grit and you know, roughness and you know anger and you know fire in the bellies to to to, to do it and. It'd be interesting to see what happens next at London. Similar kind of goal forward, better result. It will be, Rob. I mean, at the end of the day, you get the same two points for beating Wigan as you do for London. So this game is just as important as the and the Warrington game as well. You get two points for a win, don't you? So this game's massive on, on, on Saturday. And it's all about attitude now. We've got to approach that game with the same attitude that we approach the Easter games with. Because if we don't, we'll get turned over against London and that, that's going to be like two steps forward and three steps back so we can't afford to lose this game on, on on Saturday I think it's a really pivotal part of the season now especially after a really tough Easter period yeah big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches um, Jenny Finch hard done by uh, Ricky P from Sale uh, totally very 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 devastated uh, I did see him after the game and he looked he looked distraught after the game his man of the match was uh, Joel Lutic uh, Paul Croft, Paul Croft's own worst enemy, his man of the match was Adam Walker. Uh, Tracy, frustrated with officials, her man of the match was Walker. Chairman Bob, uh, Salford, too charitable, um, his man of the match was Walker. Do you, do you think Salford would be charitable? Do you think they'd give it away? Yeah. Yeah, in one. Yeah. That's, I suppose, yeah. You keep the ball out on the full twice, Rob. <laughs> I mean, in about five minutes, and and that is unforgivable. Those schoolboy errors, aren't they? I mean, to do it once, yeah, but to do it twice, I mean, if I was Ian Watson, I'd have been spitting chips there. I really would have been. I suppose, I suppose in that situation, Salford's tactic in it in 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 the kickoff. Because different teams have different tactics, don't they? And mm-hmm. from what we're what we can see, Salford's tactic is kick it as deep as you can, or yep. kick as near the touchline as you can, to give the guy who's catching it that. Thought in his head, is, is the ball going to go dead? Or not? Well, there was a real swirling wind as well on Monday, you yeah. know. It yeah. was a real wind, and there was a kick in this. The, was it in the first half? We kicked towards the north stand end, the empty stand at the other end, and I saw the wind sort of pull the ball back in again. It really was swirling. I think that's what happened when Inu kicked those two um, kickoffs. The wind just caught them, didn't it, and, and, mm. and dragged them over because they went quite quite away over the dead ball line, didn't they? Well, for me, Wigan's tactic was lump it high, put a bit of spin on it, window carry it, 
and then it's up to the catcher to catch it. Ball will go anywhere it goes, but it's up to the catcher to catch it. And that's a, diff- that's a different kind of tactics in it. Salford's is, let's kick it as close to the line as possible, just to give the, the catcher a think, is it going to go or not? Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you do that, and, you, and that's your tactic, then it might go over the line, which it, which it did twice. Yeah. You know, one of them things, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, um, need to learn from that. Yeah. Gary Williams uh, beat ourselves again. Um, his man of the match was Walker, uh, Bullock the Thug. Um, his man of the match was um, Walker, that was Colin Reynolds. Uh, Colin Wilson, winning opportunity missed. Um, his man of the match was Walker. I think he's I think he's right there. A lot of people around me were, were saying, you know, it's, it's, we, we should win this. Why are we, how have we not won this game? And, that, and they, they were saying that. But like I said before, I think it's just a matter of being proactive in certain situations that wins you then games. And yeah, I, I, th- I think when you when you lose a game like that in the dying seconds like we did, those defeats, it, it could have been a close game, you could have lost by a couple of points, but when you lose by like a late try like that, it's gut-wrenching, isn't it? It, it makes you feel sick after the game. That's how I felt. And, you know, because that try that Wigan got at the end there, it really was a sort of last-ditch sort of throw of the dice, wasn't it, where they just shook the ball out wide and... They, they, they just kept the ball alive, didn't they? He sort of tried that St. Helens used to score, wasn't it? You know, when they just throw the ball all over the show just to try and get a result. And he was, you got to give Wigan credit. They kept going, didn't they? And, uh, and ground us down in the end. But it's a sickening way to lose, isn't it? I mean, you can imagine how old Kingston Rovers felt when we beat him in that million pound game, you know, scoring those two late tries. That's how it must have felt, you know, when, you, when you're in front and you look like you, you're there, you, you're winning the game, and then a team comes back and bites you on the backside. It, it's frustrating. Yeah, I tell you, I, I'm, I dread to think what happened if it had been the other way around at Hawkins and Rovers. Oh, I, I, I think I'd have, yeah, that would have been, you know, it was like that Sheffield Eagles game, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that was a similar scoreline in the Cup semi, wasn't it? I think it was 18-10 up that, that game. So, you know, that, that's the that's the one, isn't it? You, you've blown a two-score lead, really, haven't you, in the last 10 minutes? Well, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, you know, I dread to think what would have happened if it had been the other way around. Um, Mark Scott, uh, yet again, penalties. Is um, my match was Walker again? Walker getting a lot of a uh, lot of uh, praise in the three with match reports, Paul. Yeah, he got the official club man of the match, didn't he? And uh, I had a chat with him after the game. He was just coming down from. He must have been upstairs, you know, to do an interview in the VIP lounge, and he was very chuffed about the about the result and uh, laughing and joking because he'd scored another try. And he said to me, um, he was keeping in front of Dan Murray. <laughs> he was having a laugh at Dan Murray dropping the ball over the line, which I thought was a bit. Bit cheeky, <laughs> but he's, he's the kind of forward that uh, it's going to take us to the next level, isn't he? You know what I yeah. mean? He's got he's got anger, he's got grit, he's got he's nasty. He, he makes yeah. big eaters. You know, yeah. there's, there's a fa- there's a fine line. Here. We've had people who are as aggressive as him, but they always they'll, they'll do too much and get penalised. He's yeah. aggressive, but he, he knows where the line is. He's a very good player. He's a he's a very very good player. He's um, he's got something about him, Walker. He's got like a nastiness. He's got an edge to him. Yeah, yeah really got has got an edge to him, and you can see his quality. And that's why St. Helens, you know, signed him a few years ago, and for one reason or other, his career didn't it didn't work out at St. Helens. And um, you know, we've got to reap the benefits of him now, and you know, keep him fit and keep him on the straight and narrow. And I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he, he could get back into international recognition at, at Salford. You don't you don't know because he has definitely got an edge about him and uh, a lot to his game he's, he's a good tackler he's very, a very very strong runner and he, he can get the ball out in the tackle as well he's, he's got a lot to his game he's not just a head down merchant he, he's, he's a bloke with a lot of uh, a lot of tools in his, his box yeah yeah. Uh, Chris and Janet Shenton uh, stupid early errors 
uh, their man of the match was Walker. Uh, you put immense effort, errors. Uh, your man of the match was Walker. Paul Foster, uh, great efforts, lads. Uh, his man of the match was Walker. Tony Frame, too many errors. Walker. Uh, Roy Ellaby, always big nose. Uh, his man of the match. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I know who the big nose is. <laughs> <laughs> George Williams, that's what they call big nose, don't that's we? That's what it is. Um, Adam uh, Aubrey, uh, don't let it bounce. His uh, man of the match was Walker. Well, like I said before, it's 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 pressure moments with a you know spinning kick or whatever. You know, yeah. people look at it, they're not sure what you know they aren't you know in the right position to to fix it and you know how you fix it. I don't know. Uh, Mike Woodbridge, uh, so very close. His man of the match was Inu. David Deakin need a home win. Um, his man of the match was Walker. Do you think obviously Walker? Not Walker. Need home, you know, home games. Our home games. We've only won. Is it one so far this yep, season? Yep. One we've, we've lost five, I think. We've lost five, haven't yeah. we? Quite good away from home. Only one at home. We've played. We've played all the big boys at home. We lost to Wigan twice, the two league champions. We've lost yeah. to St. Helens at home. We've lost to Leeds at home, mm. who we never seem to beat. And Hull at home. So we've played so your, your, big, your big teams now. I don't know if Hull are a, are a big side, but you've got a lot of winnable games at home now. You've got Huddersfield at home. I think we play them at home twice. We've got Hull Kingston Rovers to come down to Salford. Catalan Dragons, who are always you know, a different animal away from home, aren't they, than they are in France. So we've got some, some games now that you, you expect us to get a result from at the, at the AJ Bowl. But yeah, one. One win out of six is, is a poor return, Miller. So it's a good job. We've we've been decent away from home. We've, well, we've been very good away from home, haven't we, so far this season? Yeah. Uh, Connor, uh, Rob Louis needed. Um, his man of the match was Walker. Patrick Conley, almost enemies. Uh, Walker. Uh, Pearson, referee, was poor. Um, his man of the match was Lusick. Uh, Richard Martin, stupid brain explosion. Um, his man of the match was Walker. Obviously, uh, Rob Louis uh, didn't play um, against Wigan. Do you think obviously we, we, do you think we missed him as much as everyone thinks we did? Yeah, I think I think we did. Yeah, he was asking a lot of Josh Wood really, who's been out injured and he's not really a, a standoff, is he, Josh Wood? I, I think he's preferred positions at hooker and I didn't think he stopped his authority on the game really, like like Robert Louis would, but you know, Watto said about about Robbie, he's had a he's had tight cast before, hasn't he? And he's he's been a problem sort of injury for him. So they've took chances on him before and I think last season we took chances on him a couple of times and it and he came back to bite us and then he ended up missing a few weeks. So you know, Watto's got to look after players, hasn't he? He's got their welfare to, to think of and if a player's not right, he's not hundred percent fit, there's no point in playing him and then losing him for three or four weeks at a time and you've got to wait until he's ready. So hopefully Rob will be ready for He's in the squad this week, I think, Robert Louis, isn't he? So uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll play on, on Saturday if he's fit. Yeah, obviously, you know, looking back at the game, Nia Levels um, scored, and now he's, he's joint top of our Super League try scorers uh, with 65 from 98 appearances. You know, it shows how, how effective he is coming through the line, you know, from the fullback position, causing all kinds of problems. Um, and that's what he's good at, and that's how he gets over the line so much. 65 tries, yeah. I didn't realise um, Stuart Little was our leading Super League try scorer. That's a, that's a great feat for Stuart, but I'm very pleased for Niall that he's, uh, he's caught up there. And I saw something on the club's Facebook page the other day and they were saying about your favourite Niall Levels try and I commented on it saying I think mine was the one he scored Edinburgh. I think, I'm sure it was 2014, would that have been his first season? It's either 13, I think it was 14. And um, 
he, he went down the, the touchline there, Eddie, I think we got beat about 40 on 14, but he scored a fantastic try there. But you think he scored two in the million pound game as well, two vital tries in, in that match, and you know, countless games where, where Niall scored. He's a fantastic support player, and uh, you know, he's done well this season, hasn't he, with his try scoring? I know he got a bit of stick on, on Monday from his um, misdemeanours at the end there with that ball with George Williams going up for it, but you know. How many times has Nia Levels got us out of the, the soup and, and scored a try or, or backed up or done something brilliant? So, um, you know, he's, he's been a really good player and let's hope he can carry on scoring tries and get over the 100 mark soon. Yeah, obviously looking at the rest of the list, like you said, shoot lit with 65 from 247. Jody Broughton, 53 from 93. Now, that that's pretty impressive. That's nearly one in, one in two. Yeah, fantastic winger. Yeah, great, great winger, Jody Broughton. It was a shame Jody left to go to Catalan because I'd love him to. But he's played 99 games for Salford, Jody. We've had this chat before, haven't we? And uh, I've spoken to him in France a couple of times. You know, every time we've, I've seen him over there in Catalan, I've said, you're going to come back and, and play your 100th game for us. And I think he'd love to, wouldn't he? I think he's he thinks a lot of Salford. So, um, so yeah, but he was he, he was a cracking winger, Jody Broughton. Out and out pace and a great finisher as well. Yeah, junior South, 46 from... Uh, 114. This this one's what 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 surprised me. Ashley Gibson, 41 tries in 81 games. That's the same kind of strike rate as Jolie Broughton, but you don't think of Ashley Gibson as being prolific. I don't. I don't. Oh, he scored a lot of tries for Ashley Gibson. He was around about the 2009-2010 seasons at the Willows. He played, didn't he? And did he played in the last season at the Willows, Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he played a few years for us, didn't he? He had a couple of good seasons out of him. I, I rated him. I thought he was a decent player. You know, signed from, from Leeds Rhinos. He'd, he'd done well there. He, he was he was part of a, a little crop of youngsters that came through around that time at Leeds. And I thought he was a good signing. I think he was he came through sort of the same time as, as Jody Broughton did it at, at Leeds. So, uh, yeah, I thought he was a good player. He's still playing Ashley Gibson as well. I think he's at Bradford Bulls now, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, he's been a good been a good uh, good servant to the sport. Yeah, yeah, same. Like I said, when you, when you look at the list, it, that's the name that kind of surprised me. I thought, you know, he, I don't, I never, never been thinking being prolific for us, but you know, stats don't lie. He's scoring one in every two. You know what I mean? But yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, so that's our little chat about the the Wigan game. Uh, what we'll do now, we'll go for the big news, Paul, coming out of Salford Devils this week. So let's start with the uh, the Fab Five ticket offer, Paul. Uh, club are promoting it, hoping that you know it might entice kind of new fans in uh, to watch Salford Devils. I think it's very good value. Uh, obviously, you have got to pick two games from the uh, category A and B, and one from C um, categories, which, which is important. I think obviously, if you want to kind of get involved in Salford and watch the games, if you can pick your games and, and you know enjoy them, uh, they might come back you know the year after and, and get a proper season ticket. Yeah, that's right. And there's some good games, isn't there, coming up over the uh, the next few weeks and, and months as well. And we've got the Challenge Cup as well to look forward to. So, yeah, if it, it's a good idea. You know, if people are new to the sport and they want to check it out, you know, I think it's it's more than value for money. And I think that's what it's all about. You want people to get involved, new people to get involved. And then, like you said, the ultimate goal is for them to maybe buy a season ticket next season. So, um, so well done to the club. Yeah, hopefully, you know, we're getting a lot of the. Uh... A lot of take up from them, even if even if it's not a massive amount. I'm sure the club will want to promote it and push it to all our, you know, people who are involved, like the universities and and the and old hospital and you know people who are kind of involved in the club and, and want to kind of create a relationship. I think it'd be great if the club can you know push this on them and hopefully people take it up. Um, 
so yeah, if, if you want, if you know anybody who, who you know would benefit from uh, from that, you know, give them a nudge, give them a share on Facebook, uh, and hopefully it'll grow and our crowds will grow as well. Um, other news: fifty percent off Magic Weekend tickets, Paul. Only four days to go on that offer, though. I think the offer ends Monday or Tuesday next week. Hopefully, we'll get a big following in Liverpool because obviously it's quite near. Uh, Magic Weekend's always a, a special occasion, isn't it? And uh, hopefully, we'll be uh, we'll have a big Salford following as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure we will. I'm sure we will. It's um, it's, a, it's a game I'm looking forward to. You know, Anfield. I've never been to Anfield before. I've been to Liverpool, and it's a, it's a good city. And uh, you know, I'm sure, even though people have said, oh, it's not near the, the city centre, I don't think it's far. I'm sure you better get a bus or a taxi or, or whatever to um, you know get down there and have a few beers first or whatever you want to do. I don't know. I'm going to get there myself. I might go on the train if I can. It's a Sunday though our game, isn't it? But. No, the tickets are a great value for money, aren't they? You're going to get to see three games. I'm not too sure who's on the same day. We're first on the Sunday, aren't we? But I'm not sure who the other two games are. But, you know, uh, the, the, it's going to be an exciting day. It always is the magic weekend. And uh, I'm sure Liverpool will put on just as good a show as what Newcastle did. Yeah, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll get, a, you know, quite a bit, hopefully, of people going down, Paul. And, you know, puts on, it's a, bit, a big occasion, isn't it? And if we can get as many Reds as we can, you know, down there, you know, in front of the sky cameras, um, it shows a good image for the club in it, and you know, hopefully, people watching at home will then think, oh, we'll, we'll go and watch Salford because they've got a, a big following. Uh, Challenge Cup tickets are out as well for the whole KR game um, on Saturday, the 11th of May. Um, kind of, they've got the ticket prices out as well. Uh, if you want to buy them in advance in the South Stand, it's £22. It's 17 if you're a season ticket or older. Uh, or 24 on a match day, so I think it's important people, uh, you know, if they are kind of buying, trying to buy tickets, is to buy early because obviously that helps on it with with the club. Um, if you're in the West Stand, um, it's 28 pounds advanced, 23 if you're a season ticket holder, or 30 pounds on a match day. Uh, West Stand uh, VIP adult advanced is 44 pounds, 39 if you're a season ticket holder, or 46. Uh, if you want to pay on a match day, that's that's things are where I suppose the West Stand VIP in the 1873 club, you're going to get you know a, a lot of um, you know things added on top of that, aren't you, Paul? Um, and then if you're in a way, if you're in a way end, if you come in from Old Kingston Rovers and you and you listen to this pod uh, this um, podcast, uh, it's twenty five pound if you're an adult uh, in advance, twenty pound if you're a season ticket holder, or twenty seven pound on a match day. Um, so hopefully, like you say, people will uh, you know. Buy the tickets earlier, and there'll be a big following, a big home following that day, Paul. Because obviously, Challenge Cup's important, isn't it? And hopefully, we'll be uh, winning that one and progressing on. Challenge Cup is mega important, Rob. If we can win this one, we're in the uh, we're in the last eight, the quarterfinals. I can't wait for this game. I thought it was going to be a Friday. I'm working Saturday, Sunday that weekend, and <laughs> when they announced that the the game was on a Saturday, I went into panic and. Uh, I was thinking I've not been off work for 16 months now, so um, I'm going to have to uh, hurt me back again and go off with, on the sick. <laughs> but luckily, one of, me, uh, one, of you, one of my colleagues at work's a big City fan, and um, I've covered a few shifts for him when he's, he's seen to get older at City, and my friend at work, so uh, he's kindly. Um, he knows how much of a big Salford fan I am. He phoned me the other day and he said, I'll do you Saturday for you when Salford playing all okay. So uh, thank you very much. Favours so, I can, favours, so I can go. Save us a favour, Paul. I suppose it'll come back to you, won't he, when, he's, when the, the last Premier League game of the season and 
Yeah, I don't mind doing anybody a favour. I work every Saturday, Sunday going me as long as it doesn't interfere with rugby. There's always a there's always a way out of it. But uh, no, I didn't want to play my sickness card. <laughs> sickness card. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> under sixteens uh, gain free entry uh, to the game as long as they're as long as they're accompanied by an, an adult, except in the eighteen seventy three uh, club, uh, where under sixteens go for five pound. I think that's that's pretty good as well, isn't it? Obviously, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, family occasion, people will sort of, uh, you know, bring the families and we'll have a big crowd. Um, if obviously you want to buy tickets, you can buy them from the AJ Bell Stadium. You can ring them on 0161 786 1570 or you can buy them online, uh, which is very good, I think, because obviously you need options. I know, I don't, I think they reserve them, don't they? I think that's another option you've got, pay for them and pick yeah. up the game. I think so, yeah. Yeah, you'd be able to get them. Um... You'll be able to get them at the Leeds game, won't you? Next Friday, we play Leeds at home on the 3rd of May, don't we? So I'm sure you'll be able to pick one up then for the week after. But oh, it's an exciting game, isn't it? especially a Saturday as well. You can't knock in an afternoon game in the Cup. Saturday afternoon in the Challenge Cup is going to be really special. And Tim Sheen's coming back as well. There's quite a few ex-Salford players in the in the Hulker Eye lineup. And uh, they're struggling at the moment, aren't they? They're struggling for form. And they've had a, they had two hammerings over East, didn't they? 50 points on Monday against Warrington and 50 points in the old derby. So... You know, um, they they do look like they're struggling. So this this could be a, a, a vital opportunity for us now to, to progress to the, the quarterfinals and you, you get a good draw there. And you know, it's anybody's now. I'm really excited about the Challenge Cup. I must admit, I can't wait for that that, that Saturday. Yeah. Other news: uh, Sam Ayres um, from our Category Three Academy, uh, also plays for Saddleworth Rangers, has been selected for the England Under 19s Community Lions uh, Lancashire team. Um, which is fantastic for him uh, to be, you know, representing uh, that that team and, and us as well, because obviously, you know, it shows our kids, our, our kids coming through, uh, at, you know, at that level. Um, so well done to him. Yeah, did he say he played for Saddleworth? Uh, yeah, Saddleworth Rangers. Saddleworth Rangers. Well, yeah, you've got a fantastic um, tradition there, at Saddleworth Rangers. I know Saddleworth won the, um, the the Oldham Standard Cup on on Good Friday. They beat Rochdale Mayfield. That's in the amateur report. And, uh, and if you listen to that, there's some um, some old um, old names in that that Saddleworth side. Ian Simfield plays for them. He used to play at Swinton, and uh, I think he was in Salford's academy years ago. He's he's still playing for Saddleworth. I'm not quite sure. I think he's older than me anyway, but uh, he's still in their side. But that's a real hotbed of the game, Saddleworth up there. Their, their grounds in Greenfield. I've been there a couple of times, and you know you've only got to go Waterhead, Oldham, St Anne's, Saddleworth, massive sort of rugby league area. And um, you know it's hard times for Oldham at the moment. They're they're sort of struggling, aren't they? And that's a hotbed of the game. And with us being Sort of one of the nearest Super League sides for there. If we can poach talent from Oldham, you know, into our into our team, that's uh, that's that's great. I think to to keep um, to keep that talent on our side. Yeah. So congratulations to him, uh, and hopefully more to come. Um, final bit of news, Paul. Uh, we've, we've well we, we've come across a um, raffle, Paul, uh, where you tell me you tell me. I think is it Terry uh, is organising it for all the Sulphur Devils Foundation. Uh, for a number plate, uh, for it says it's RD zero two SRD, which is you know very very good. I I think if you if you're a soul fan, you want you want that number plate on your car, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Tez is, is organised. Sandy, he texted me the other day about it, but I think it's all over social media at the moment, isn't it? It's ten pound a ticket, and a hundred percent of the profits go to the foundation, don't they? There's only a hundred tickets available as well. So what's ten times a hundred, Rob? Mm. Uh, a thousand. Yeah, maybe ten times a hundred. Yeah, we'll say a thousand. 
Is it? I might more than that. Ten, ten, hundred, hundred tens. Yeah, it's a thousand, yeah. isn't it? I'm so yeah. good at maths, me. Yes, it's a thousand pounds, isn't it, to, to the foundation. So, um, yeah. so yeah, that's fantastic. That when is it? When is it closed? That Rob, is it just um, when all the tickets are sold? Uh, yeah, yeah, when it's all sold. Yeah, you are right. It's a thousand pound. Um, glad, glad You've just done that on your calculator, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have as well, haven't you? You've got his Casio out. <laughs> did, literally did. So I, thought, I thought, is it 10 grand? That's what I was thinking, but it, yeah, it's, I think we got it right, Paul. Got the decimal point in the right place. Um, yeah, we did. It, it's, you know what, like you said, it's, it's a fantastic thing um, for um, the foundation. If everyone you know buys a ticket, you know it, it raises money for you know for them. And you know, I, I think it looked nice on my car. That. I think it would look really nice. What do you think? Or on your, would you like it on your uh, your British gas van? Um, I won't mind it on my, my little Astra. I've got a red Astra, haven't I? Oh, it yeah. looks look nice on my uh, on my Astra. I've never had a like a personalised sort of red before. My yeah. wife's got a personalised red. She's always had it. Um, but no, it's, I've never been one for for flash stuff like that. But it'd be nice to win it though. It'd be great that. Yeah. Uh, to, to win it, yeah. Yeah. So obviously, if you uh, if you you know go on our Facebook page and, and Twitter, the links on there. I think I'll put it up again uh, in the next couple of days, um, and hopefully we'll all be on uh, for a for a win. Uh, final. Yeah, day. definitely. A big big shout out to Tez as well because yeah. um, he does a lot of good stuff, Tez, and he deserves a lot of credit. I don't think he gets the credit he does deserve sometimes. The amount of stuff he does for um, you know the foundation and all the stuff he did with the, the Red Zapparel and Funny Mug and all that sort of stuff he does. I mean the mugs are great, aren't they? That he's done. I mean I've got um, a 1938 mug and they're brilliant. He does all sorts of stuff though. You, you have dogs on it and all sorts of gear on your mugs and that cars or whatever. You'll get in touch with him because he's a lovely guy as well, isn't he? And um, he raises so much money for the club out of his own pocket as well and out of his own time that he commits and that. And I think he, his hats off to Tez. Well done, mate. Yeah, and he's also got a fabulous selection of uh, kits as well. We had him on the podcast at one point, going through all. Yeah, he showed me some photographs actually. Yeah, on his phone last time I saw him, and uh, very jealous, very jealous. He's got some great <laughs> stuff. He must have a big warehouse somewhere where he, where he keeps more because I remember him bringing like he brought a massive bag for him, um of, of shirts. You know, going back years and years, and you know, I suppose you know people collect things like that. But you know, he was it was a serious collection that he that he brought. You've got a big collection of stuff, Rob. I've only got I've only got a bits and bobs to be fair. I'm not, I'm not a kind of, I'm not really a, a materialistic kind of guy. I've got a picture of Stuart Littler putting the ball down uh, in 2003 with me, with me, with a ticket. Um, should get a picture of Gaz O'Brien really running off. Um, yeah, I've got an old Salford shirt that I've got in Castleford once. You know, like when you come off the train, the, the working man. Oh yeah. There. Um, I, I was in the river there having a beer, and, and some guy just came up to me and said, Are "You yourself?" And I said, "Yeah." Thinking, here we go, and he says. You want this? And he, and he pulls out this, you know, the Premiership shirt. Was it, was it 96? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Be, was it Keithley? Keithley Cougars, yeah. Yeah, and he, put, he pulls it out. Playing shirt. I think it's number, on the back, I think it's number four. I think on the back. He um, four that day. I don't know. Scott Naylor would have been three, wouldn't he? He was four. Scott Martin, maybe. Oh, no. It's the wrong, oh, it's the wrong one, that. It's, it's basically he's had one. So it might have been oh, him. from 91, Halifax. Like Halifax. Yeah, Halifax yeah. it was. Um, so he put, he gave him, he said, do you want it, mate? I said, yeah, <coughs> problem. I've been, I've been, I've been wearing it ever since. When I feel like a retro moment, I always put it on and have a walk around. Um, but yeah, he just gave me out of the loo. He said, do you want it? I said, do you want any juice for it, mate? He said, no, no, just take it. And then bought him a beer and it was, it was all happy days after that. Um, no, that's, well, that's, my, that's probably my only kind of retro shirt. We've got the, 
the B one as well. Uh, and I've got I've got a normal home one as well. I suppose my collection is growing, but it's not nothing compared to to you and, and Ted. What well, I suppose you've got quite a big selection, have you ever shirt? Yeah, a few bits and pieces. Yeah, um, I've kept stuff from when I was a kid. You know, I've got my old Sab one, and I've got loads of stuff at my mum's in my my wardrobe. <laughs> my mum's, my dad never throws anything out, programs and books and. Just bits of paraphernalia, really. I've got like, stuff I've kept, like posters and, you know, like player sticker cards and all that. Sticker book, I've got a 97 sticker book. It's just junk, really, that I probably shouldn't have anymore. But I, I don't like it's anything Salford related. I never throw anything away. My dad's the same. He's never really chucked anything out. He, he's tried to, but I've always made him keep stuff. So uh, my old bedroom, then, well, my kids sleep in that bedroom, not in my mum's house, but in the wardrobe, it's just full of all my stuff. And uh, I always check it's there and make sure no, my mum's not throwing anything out. And she wouldn't do that with my mum anyway. She keeps all my stuff. So, uh, But yeah, I'd like to own a few more shirts, to be honest. I'm, I've come across a few recently. James Oskerson gave me a nice shirt. Well, we swapped shirts. We, we swapped a shirt each, and he gave me um, a John Cartwright one, a, a player worn one from '97, a black one with his name and number on the back. And um, a friend of mine who I do a bit of boxing with, his mate nicked John Cartwright shorts out of the, out of the changing rooms years ago. And um, so he gave me them as well. So I've got a pair of his shorts, but they're absolutely massive. Me and you could probably get fit in them together. <laughs> they're, that, they're that big. So, uh, so yeah, just little things like that. And I did have a pair of um, Tommy Lee's socks a few years ago. Um, after, um, I think, they did be playing? I think it was the end of the 2014 season. I was chatting to him after the game and I think he gave his shirt away. And I said, well, can I have your socks? And that's one of the only times I've ever got anything off a player. And... Um, I got rid of him though when he signed for when he left and signed for St Helens. I, I chucked him out because I was a bit upset with him. So I've not got there anymore. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what you need. It is is what it is. It is what you need. Dan Murray's playing shirt at the end of the season. That's Dan what, Murray. Yeah, Dan Murray. I'm gonna have a word with him. I say <coughs> when you finish. He's got a fan club. Dan Murray though. He's, he's got some uh, a real fan club. I don't know whether he'd give it to me. He's got some big <laughs> big fans there, Dan. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that for it. But yeah, that, that'll be you know. People do. People collect all kind of ties, don't they? And you know, yeah. and I think it's it's kind of weird. For obviously, if you're a player, you know, it's just something you wear, isn't it? If you're playing game, mm. but us, we're like we treat it as like you know royalty. You know, the like, biggest collection of memorabilia I've seen, or the best one of the best collections, is Mike Coolman's. Yeah. Mike Coolman has got a fantastic amount of stuff. I mean, I've been lucky enough to to pop round and see him a few times, and. Um, He's got scrapbooks galore and all the paper cuttings from sort of years ago when he was a kid coming through in rugby union. It's all in immaculate condition. He's all, he's kept it all together. He's he's good like that. He's kept all his caps, all his medals, just bits of things he's got, and it's great to see him. He'll bring them all out for you and sit down with you and show me. It's absolutely amazing. And thinking back, and not a lot of players do that. I've spoke to players and 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 they've asked me. I think it was I spoke to last was Andy Burgess, I think, and. I still not give it to him actually. I've got a program from his debut, and I said I'll give it to him, and he, I was amazed he didn't have it. And and players don't. I don't think players keep things, do they? And it comes to the end of their career, and I think they sort of they want stuff then to to remember. And it's a shame. I think if you do keep stuff, it's just something to look back on then. But no, Mike's got a got a great collection of stuff. Yeah, but I suppose a club full of you know heritage, aren't they? Remember that uh, in mm. Event City, they had the kind of like museum for a bit, and there was some yeah. good stuff in there, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. Just think, we just wish that there was somewhere they could, you know, recreate that. Um, but I suppose that's that's for further down the line. Well, it plays it plays a nostalgic though. They do keep stuff. I mean, I was talking to Tony Gourley the other week, and um, 
when um, it was uh, Steve Nash's birthday and, and Tony played for us. He only played a season or so in the late 79-80 season. I think he played about 32 games for us and he went to Fulham then when they started and signed for them. But he had his um, 1979 Salford Centenary tie on. Um, it's like a, you've seen the shirt, haven't you? The Centenary yeah. shirt's like a yellow black black one. And I thought, wow, you still got that You know, 40 years later. So, you no know, players do hang on to stuff and... Uh, no, it's, it's great to see, I think, the, the nostalgia of the game. and uh, you know, if you, People who collect stuff, I, that's off to them. I'm, I'm all for that. And eBay's great. If you go on eBay, you can get all sorts of stuff on there. You can, you can. <laughs> uh, so, so um, yeah, that's all our news um, coming out of Solver Devils this week, Paul. Uh, next up on the Devil in the Detail, what we'll do, we'll look uh, through your amateur report um, and see what's going on there. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report. I'll start off this week with the fixtures for um, the National Conference Leagues next weekend. There was no games at the weekend just gone, uh, with it being the Easter weekend. We have got some news of the Standard Cup, which Rochdale, Mayfield and Saddleworth are in. I'll tell you about that a bit later on. But the fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday the 27th of April, these games are all 2.30 kickoffs. Premier Division is Rochdale, Mayfield are at home to Thornhill Trojans. Division 1, Ulton Raiders play Saddleworth Rangers. And in Division 3, Hunslet Warriors play Oldham St. Anne's. Lee East play Salford City Roosters and Warthead Warriors take on Hensingham. So the league standings at the moment, Rochdale Mayfield are currently 10th place in the Premier Division. They've only played four games, some other sides in there have played five and six, so it's a bit of a lopsided table at the moment. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers are still awaiting their first win of the season with one draw and four defeats from their first five games. They sit in 11th place. Division 3, Waterhead Warriors are at 5th, Oldham set on 7th, and Salford City Roosters are still rooted to the bottom in 14th place with just one win and one draw from their first eight games. Well, the fixtures for the Northwest Men's League this weekend in the Premier Division, Shevington Sharks play Rochdale Mayfield A. Division 1, Wigan St. Cuthbert's play Folly Lane. Old Witness Tigers play Oldham St. Anne's A. Division 2, Lee Minor Rangers A play Langworthy Reds. West Horton Lions are at home to Manchester Rangers. Berry Broncos play Wigan St. Pat's A. That was in Division 2 as well. In Division 4, Caddies and Rhinos are at home to North Wales Crusaders A. Rochdale Cobras play Runcorn. Saddleworth Rangers A play Chester Gladiators. And Division 5, Salford City Roosters A at home to Newton. Storm and Higginshaw are at home to Goulburn Parkside. Well, the youth and junior leagues, there was no games over the Easter weekend, but the fixtures for Sunday, the 28th of April, a lot of cup ties here as well in the under 18s Lancashire and Northwest Cup. Charlie are at home to Saddleworth, Holton Farnworth. Hornets play Folly Lane. Oldham St. Anne's are at home to Wigan St. Patrick's. West Horton Lions play Oral St. James. In the under-16, Lancashire and North West Cup. Folly Lane take on Hindley. Oldham St. Anne's play Lee East. Saddleworth play Shevington Sharks. And Widnes Moorfield play Waterhead. And in the under-16s, Shield and play Berry Broncos are at home to Portico Vine. Charlie Panthers play Caddy's Head Rhinos. West Horton Lions are at home to Crossfields. And Barrow Island take on Rochdale Mayfield. Well, as I mentioned before, on Good Friday, it was the Oldham Standard Cup final this season. Saw Saddleworth Rangers take on Rochdale Mayfield. The game was played at Manor Park, Oldham Rugby Union ground. It finished 32 points to 20. Saddleworth Rangers lifting the trophy. Their tries came from two from Chris Huff, Phil Wood, Ian Simfield and Gareth Morgan grabbed two. Rochdale Mayfield scores coming from James McDyde, Sean Mulcahy, Luke Foden and Christian Avis. So bad luck to Rochdale Mayfield. Congratulations to Saddleworth Rangers on their Standard Cup win. That's all I've got for you this week. Quite a short amateur report this week. I shall see you on Saturday down in London for Salford Red Devils' visit to the London Broncos. Take care.
So that's Paul's amateur report. Big news, Paul, coming out of uh, the amateur scene this week. Uh, Manchester Rangers have withdrawn from the North West Men's League Division 2 with immediate effect. Um, that's a blow in tip for, for Manchester Rangers uh, and Rugby League in the Manchester area that they've had to withdraw uh, from that division with immediate effect. I know, obviously, they had big ideas, didn't they, about you know getting through the, into the professional game uh, and going through the leagues, but it's a big, it's a big blow in it for, for, for that club. Um, hopefully, they'll, they'll bounce back. Um, and obviously, you know, continue to tr- you know to try and grow and, and make a impact in in Manchester. Um, but it is a bit it is sad, really. I've, I've just I've been busy at work today. I've been editing boilers all day, so I've not really been online and seen anything. But I've just I, I popped on our Facebook page tonight when I finished, and I noticed you'd, you'd posted that, Rob. So that's news to me. That so, do we know why they pulled out? What's the reasoning behind it? Let's have a look. The press release says, in January 2019, the previous board of Manchester Rangers decided they were no longer pursuing a professional licence and as such withdrawn support and funding for the club whilst giving the full blessing for Manchester Rangers to continue under the current group of players and volunteers. Um, Obviously, despite tireless efforts, uh, they've been unable to regroup the team over a short period of time uh, due to a number of logistic issues and loss of player members, the committee have taken the decision to withdraw from the North West Men's League with immediate effect to give time for all requirements of running the club to be met. This is not a permanent withdrawal, and the Manchester Rangers will return to the North West Men's League once this is once they've sorted it out. Please. They've uh, I, don't, I don't know I don't know the ins and outs, so I shouldn't really comment. But it doesn't seem doesn't seem right that does it really? So uh, you know it's a letdown for those people and those players who are working hard there. So hopefully they'll get back in. Get back sorted for for next season or or as, or as soon as they can really because that, that's a blow for, for for Manchester Rangers definitely. Yeah, so that's all the amateur report for this week. Next up, we're going to be talking about the London game on Saturday. It's time on the So, Salford Devils travelled out of London, Paul. Um, going to be a tough game. Third game in the Easter period. Um, Ian Watson's men, a um, lot of juice taking out the tanks um, over Warrington and Wigan. Um, hopefully, they'll have enough juice in the tank to get a result against London. Because, obviously, it's going to be a tough game. London Broncos had a good side, especially at home. Uh, but our away form is good. So, who knows? Hopefully... We'll come away with a two-point. London are a difficult side to beat, I think, down there. Definitely, I was looking at their record this season. Away from home, they've, they've not been as good. They've had a few defeats away from home, a few heavy defeats. But they've, they've competed pretty well this season, especially down at the Trailfinders Stadium. I, I noticed the results over Easter. They had a bit of a towel in on Good Friday against Catalan. On Easter Monday, they, they gave Huddersfield Giants a real game on Easter Monday. I think that was 19-18, I think, to, to London. And Huddersfield scored a late try and won 24-19. So that was the game that they were in. And uh, they were a bit disappointed not to win that. So uh, it's going to be a difficult game. It was tough last season in that, that playoff game when we got beat down there. It's, it's, a, it's a tight ground and, you know, it's an artificial surface as well. And they're, they're hard to beat down there. Don't don't make any bones about that. And like you said, it's, it's after the Easter period as well. And it's probably took a lot, a lot out of both sides. And, it's all about attitude for me tomorrow. We've got to go down there with the right attitude. And if we can play with the same attitude and spirit and commitment that we played against Warrington and Wigan, we'll win that game comfortably. 
But you've not got to go down there and play half cooked and like Salford teams have done in the past, and because you'll get burnt. You know, London Broncos will be targeting that game, and you know at the moment we're on ten points, London are on six. You get beat tomorrow, London are on eight points. Then they're only two behind you. And Wigan have started winning games now. Wigan are on eight, so if Wigan win tomorrow, they're on ten. So all these teams at the bottom at the moment, you've got Wigan, Leeds, London, Hull, KR who are below us um, at the moment, and Huddersfield, I think, as well, and one or two others. Once they start winning, you don't want to get dragged back down there, do you? So at the moment, we've got a bit of a cushion, so let's keep that cushion. Let's beat London. We'll be on 12 points and six in front of them. And, uh, you know, we're sort of halfway to survival. I don't like talking about survival because we should be looking up, really, the way we played this season. But it's very easy to get sucked back into that, that sort of bottom end of the table. Yeah, obviously, looking back at that London defeat last season, no Jackson Hastings. Um, and it was gritty. And we just... Another game where you think we should have won that, but we didn't. They had Jarrett Sam as well, who had an absolutely outstanding game. Um, that you know the players won't say it was on the mind, but they've been through that scenario before, haven't they? Where yeah. if you tried, it just didn't quite work out for them. Especially like Wigan on Bank Holiday Monday. That's a prime example. Um, you know, they're going to be fully focused on what needs to be done. They've been burned once. Oh, we're not burned again. We can't keep, we can't keep doing this, Paul. Can we? We can't keep, you know, getting there and and not getting over the line when it really matters. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, London have some good players, don't they, Paul? Um, who who should we look out for? Who's the danger? They've got a young lad called Alex Walker. I think it's Alex Walker who mm. plays at fullback, and he had a great game against Salford in the previous meeting this season, which we won twenty four nil. But twenty four nil, we. You know, sounds a bit of a hiding, but that was a tough game. That you know, London gave us a, a really hard game in that one, and we was very professional and we got a good result. But he played really well, the young fullback, so he's one to look out for. They have got some pace on the on the edges as well. Um, Kieran Dixon, I don't think he's playing. I think he's been injured, but they've got um, they've got a, a forward there. What's his name? The forward. Um, I can't Jordan remember. Sorry, sorry, Rob. Is it Jordan Bull? Um, the lad Batty Eddie Batty sorry I had a, mem- a memory blank I've had a long day Eddie Batty he's, he's a good forward he's uh, he's all action and uh, yeah they've got they've got a couple of I think it's Ryan Morgan who played at St. Helens he's quite a dangerous centre so they have got some pace on the edges as well so Reese Williams I think he's down there as well at London um, so they have they've got some decent players there Cunningham as well the halfback so it's going to be it's going to be a tough game like I said before they'll be targeting all their home games and they have been tough to beat at home and you know, like you said before, the, the game we had against them last September, they did a real job on us that day. I know Jared Samet was he's not in their side anymore. Now he's at, he's at Wigan. He's a, he's a bit of a miss for them, but they've still got some good players, and it, it's going to be a really really hard game. And I think, as I said before, it's it's the mental thing for me. We've got to go down there with the right attitude, and if you, if you do, if your attitude's on, you'll win the game. Do you no, think? No, no doubt about that. Do you think Ian Watson shuffles his pack for this third game? Oh, well, Lee Mossop's in the squad, isn't he? Lee yeah. Mossop's back after an injury, so I don't know how. I mean, I presume he's fully fit, otherwise, you wouldn't have put him in the squad. So you might see Lee Mossop comes in. Uh, Junior Sal's dropped out of the squad because at the moment you've got Junior Sal and Chris Wellham. They seem to be fighting out for that centre spot, don't they? I know Chris dropped out for the Easter Monday game and Junior came in. And whether what old doesn't think Junior played well because he's he's now put Chris Wellen back in the squad so you've got that that's been changed around there so I would have thought Wellen would play um, other changes there's no Turgut still not in the squad is he so I can't see there being much change around the forwards Mark Flanagan is in the squad 
and Mark's not really had a look in for it for the last few weeks. So whether he comes in or not, I'm not too sure. That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see this decide tomorrow what what he what he inputs out. Um, Tell you what, it's a funny one. We've not got a massive squad to make wholesale changes, really, have we? So there might be only the, the odd subtle change here and there. Yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting, Paul. Louis back in the 19. You've got Wood, Lusick and Tompkins all in the 19. One Three. of those you're going to miss out then, aren't they? Three the two don't go. No, no. One of those will be the 18th man, I would have thought. Who Who do you pick as your two hookers? Or do you go with a big, or do you go with a big set of forwards on the bench with no hooker? Um, I don't know. I think Lussick's played well the last couple of weeks. Having said that, I thought Logan Tompkins did well since he came back. Uh, Josh Wood obviously didn't play at hooker against Wigan. He was playing at standoff. So, uh, you know, you've got three good players there. It's, it's a tough one. I definitely have Lussick in, I think. You know, he's, he's been on form recently. So, uh, I think I'd have Lussick in. And I'd probably go with another hooker on the bench as well. I think I would do tomorrow. Having said that, London's got a big pack. I don't know who'd be a coach. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't make a decision, me, can I? Hopefully. No. But um, I, th- I think the way we play, I think you need um, another rocker on your bench. And for me, well, things are we in what's life to play with, with four forwards, doesn't it? Mm. But if it was, well, if it was me, but it's not me, I'd, I'd go with Wood on the bench because. If obviously Louis or Hastings breaks down, you've got that extra, extra uh, halfback, haven't you, to, to come in? Yeah. Or if yeah. if he thinks right, I want four forwards. What you can do is you put Flanagan on your on your on your. Oh, bench. you've stole my thunder! I was, gonna, I was going to say this. Yeah. Because yeah. Flanagan can fill in at six, guy, and at the. You've, st- you've stole my thunder. You've read my mind there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. What Ian Watson does, Ian Watson being Ian Watson, I think he'll go. He might go with four forwards with Flanagan on the bench. We have That's no- what I do personally. I, I do what you've just said. Uh, play Mark Flanagan on the bench. I think Mark's been a bit lucky last few weeks to miss out. I'd have him on the bench because he's. He, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a school of thought to say play him because he's a good player, good loose forward. But at the moment, for me, Greg Burke keeps Mark Flanagan out of the side because Greg Burke's been outstanding at loose forward. So if Greg's 100% tomorrow, he plays 13 for me. I'd have Mark Flanagan on the bench because of his versatility. Um, you know, if, if Robert Louis does pull up or you have an injury to Jackson Hastings or an halfback, Mark Flanagan could slot in there. He can also play second row loose forward. He's a versatile sort of player and uh, he's a he's a character Flanagan as well. He's an experienced character and, um, and a voice on the pitch. So I don't know why Mark's not been in the side recently. I'm not too sure whether what was just carried on picking Greg Burt because he's been playing better or he doesn't think Mark's been up to, to speed. I don't know, but I'd have him back in the side tomorrow. I'd definitely have him on the bench tomorrow, I think. Yeah. Um, weather prediction, Paul? Do we, do we know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow in... Uh... Uh, I was having a chat with my dad at dinner time today. We was organising what time we were leaving and what have you tomorrow. And uh, I had a look at the forecast for, for sort of Moston, where I live. It's rubbish tomorrow. It's going to be really cold and raining. So I said to my dad, I said, are we going to need big coats tomorrow for, uh, for London? And he said, no, it's going to be about 13 degrees and windy. So yep. uh, it's not going to be as warm as it was at Easter. So I'll be definitely have a, have a coat on tomorrow and a, a cup of tea in my hand. But, um, but no, it's... Uh, it's going to be wild, wild and windy down there, and um, like that, like I said, that that pitch is a is a funny pitch, isn't it? So um, it could be it could be an interesting game tomorrow. See the weather gene runs in the family because your dad was spot on. Windy, twelve degrees tomorrow. So 
probably take. Would you take your big coat, or would you take your middle-sized uh, coat? Probably. No, I'm taking your big coat. Taking your big. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, so you got the weather side, got your fashion side. Prediction time, Paul. What's your prediction? Yeah. Well, I still look what I said. Um, got it rolled down somewhere. Sorry, mate. One second. Shall we do mine while you while you? Yeah, go on. You do yours. Yeah. Well, got, I'm gonna. I'm thinking third game of the Easter period. Always the game that zaps players. So I'm don't. I don't see fast flowing rugby. So you're gonna be surprised by my uh, prediction. So we got it out of London. Tough place to go, but our away form is good. So I'm thinking it's gonna be London. 10. Go for the Devils. 26. 26-10. I'm going for... Oh, an anti-climax, that was it. The way you made that up, then you were going to say like 70 points or something. 26-10. <laughs> 26-10. And I'm going to yep. go with um, Greg Burke to score like the game, the crucial game, the crucial try that turns the game. There's my prediction. Okay. There you go. And, and, yeah. oh. I've got my dad's here as well because we do that prediction league on Facebook. He's gone Salford 30 points to 14. I've gone London 12, Salford 24. 24-12. We are pretty close there, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Pretty close there. Hopefully, I'll go one better than I did a couple of weeks ago. And we'll be knee deep in chicken. Uh, yeah, that, that was unlucky, that one. It? it was. I mean, everyone was everyone was saying no, nah. and I thought it's in the stars. I know. Mm. You never know. One day. One I'll day. just set up for two points tomorrow, Rob. Really, I don't. I don't care how we get them tomorrow. I think it's a vital game, and like you said before, after Easter, it's if you can get that result. We've got like um, when is it? We play Leeds the Friday after, don't we? So we mm. get this game out of the way. Return to the AJ Bell on the back of another win. On 12 points, you know, we have a nice cushion in front of Leeds, and it'd be uh, nice to knock them off. But let's get London out of the way tomorrow first. Yeah, looking forward to it, Paul. So, well, that's uh, that's this week's Stab on Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Obviously, yeah, this week, but at least we got through it. We certainly did, mate. Yes, um, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow, mate. Really enjoyed the show tonight, and uh, safe journey down there to all our listeners. And uh, enjoy your uh, weekend in, in London if you're staying for a couple of days or whatever you're doing. And we'll see you down there. Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at the ITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Contact.